Welcome to the Oregon Real Estate Podcast, where we feature helpful and interesting information on Oregon real estate. Now, here's your host, Realtor Roy Whiting. Hello, and welcome to the Oregon Real Estate Podcast. My name is Roy Whiting. I'm a licensed Oregon real estate broker with Certified Realty. Today's program is titled Five Winning Homebuyer Tactics for Any Market. Regardless of the kind of market you'll find yourself in when you buy your next home, there are tactics that buyers can use to make the process both more successful and considerably less stressful. To start off, it's helpful to know a little bit about how home sellers think. If you put your home seller hat on, it doesn't take long to understand that a big part of the puzzle here is going to be the routine mindsets that we typically will see with different home sellers. They're not all the same, and so it's important to know that when you walk into a home buying situation, you're ready to write an offer, for example, to understand that different sellers are going to behave differently. So there's not any one proven tactic or approach that's always going to work, but the five tactics we're about to address will go a long way towards moving you forward in your home buying journey. One of the most variable factors you're going to be dealing with as an Oregon home buyer is the degree of seller motivation. So if a seller's highly motivated, typically that will be exhibited by a price that is reflective of the true market value. In other words, it won't be super high. If a seller is very motivated, a lot of times they will perhaps price their property slightly below the market in order to make sure that as many buyers as possible can see the property and know that it's for sale. But regardless of where the property is priced, once an offer is written, it's gonna be important to understand that sellers can navigate in a variety of different ways to an offer, and each seller will have some factor that is perhaps most important to them. So if you've got a seller, for example, that has a very high loan amount that's still owed on a property, they may not be able to be flexible simply because they just don't have the room. They don't have the flexibility on the price. Uh, They may be very easy to work with on some of the other factors that you might have. For example, being able to uh, have you move in right after closing or, or be accommodating in a variety of other factors. Perhaps they'll make repairs, for example. But Uh, When it comes to different sellers, you're going to be dealing with different scenarios. And so that's one of the first things is to get a a mindset as you move forward in the process that not all sellers are going to act the same. They're not all going to be in the same situation, just like every home you look at. It's got some different features to it. Uh, Same thing with the sellers. As part of the process of buying a home, one of the things that's helpful to know is that the more knowledge, the better. So knowledge is power. One thing that's helpful to know is that they may act differently early on when the property just hits the market compared to when it's maybe been sitting for a month or two. Very early on in the listing phase where the property is just new to the market, it's very common for sellers to not be very flexible on price, perhaps have a very strong opinion of their property, and there's not going to be a whole lot of wiggle room. The mindset a lot of times is it's just hit the market. A lot of people don't even know about it yet. The average market time is so many days, and because we haven't reached that point yet in the average market time, you know, we still have some room here to wait. After a period of a month or two, 
if offers are not coming in or even if showings have dropped off. At that point, it's not uncommon for sellers to revisit the market, perhaps talk with their agent, see what's being done, what's not being done, and take another look. Now, sometimes sellers are going to be resistant. Like I say earlier, they may not have a lot of wiggle room because they owe a lot on the property. But for most sellers who do have some equity, they will, if they are at least somewhat motivated, want to move forward in the process. And if they knowingly have tested the market a little bit high, then it's pretty common for them at the point where they're starting to feel some discomfort. They've got maybe some plans you know, in the future as far as where they want to move or you know, what they want to do, then they're likely to start looking at a price adjustment. A lot of times at this point too, for sellers who are wanting to sell, but are hesitant to make a price adjustment, they will sometimes say to their agent, well, why don't buyers just write an offer? There are several problems with that. And one of them is that agents, realtors are not supposed to be showing homes to buyers who are not qualified to the purchase price. And on top of that, most buyers don't want to offend a seller. So if the amount of difference between where the market price is and where the seller is priced, if that's a big difference, then a lot of buyers are just not going to want to you know, offend a seller. And it can vary in terms of percentages, what that gradient or what that difference between a list price and where a buyer may be willing to write an offer. It's not uncommon for buyers to figure, well, they probably wouldn't look at our offer. The other issues that might be a reason why a buyer may not want to write an offer is they may figure that the house wouldn't appraise. Perhaps the buyer has changes they want to make to a house. Uh, maybe the floor plan is such or just some of the features, for instance, bedrooms or bathrooms, and they have baked into their mindset for the value of the property taking into account those costs that they're going to have to put into the house. And so the, the degree of difference would not only maybe be the purchase price, but in order for them to take that house to where they need it to go, the dollars are just going to be you know big enough to prevent them from seeing that as being a workable option. One of the other factors that it's helpful for home buyers to consider is the market at the time that they're looking to buy. And that will have to do with the inventory. If it's a buyer's market, for example, or a seller's market, or a market that's in equilibrium, those are all factors that will affect not only the seller's response, but also the competitive situation. So for example, you may have a seller who's highly motivated, whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market, they will price basically according to what the value of the property is. You may also though be seeing in a buyer's market, which would favor buyers and, and sellers have to be more careful on their pricing. Uh, you may see a seller who is still not close in price on the property, even though it's clearly, you know, the inventory is high and it's clearly a buyer's market. So some of these things will not necessarily correlate. In other words, you may have a buyer who's basically going to do what he's going to do, whether the market agrees or not, in which case that property is probably going to sit. And so these are some of the other factors that home buyers need to take into account when they're looking to purchase is that buyer and seller motivation are completely separate typically from the inventory or interest rates or a lot of the other factors that we have to deal with. So moving forward, number one of our five winning home buyer tactics for any market is do your homework. A big part of this is being aware and doing some background research 
not only on the market, but also on the property, the seller, and in fact, the history of the property. Your realtor can be a big source of help here because in each multiple listing system, there's typically a history on each listing, at least if it's been listed in the last, say, five or 10 years. Your agent can also do some research and find out what the sellers paid for the property. In some instances, they can find out what kind of a loan might be existing on the property. And so these are the kind of factors that can really give you a good heads up in terms of some of the things that the seller may be dealing with. Another kind of a tip off would be if a property has been listed with multiple realtors over a fairly short period of time. Sometimes what will happen is that a seller will be very much fixed on their price or they'll have a certain condition or two attached with the property, perhaps very, very rigid showing instructions. And there are some agents who after a while, they kind of see that the seller is not really being market sensitive at all and maybe even being unreasonable. As a result, a seller may go through two or three realtors in a short time, sometimes more than that. And that can be a flag that the seller is maybe not very motivated or maybe is going to be somewhat demanding if you even get to the offer phase. Home buyer tactic number two of our five winning home buyer tactics for any market is write a strong, clean offer with minimal contingencies. To be sure, offer writing is somewhat of an art as well as a science. And one rule of thumb that can sometimes be helpful is to try to write your offer either full price or close enough to avoid triggering a counter offer. Because what happens once a seller decides to make a counter offer is it negates the initial offer and it pretty much gives them the ability to start negotiating on more than say, for instance, just price. So if you can make an offer clean enough and close enough that they don't want to deal with having to do the offer counter offer thing, then you may be able to lock in at a fair price without having to do a whole lot of haggling. This is also where comparable research can be helpful. If you're going to be in a competitive situation with multiple buyers, for example, when you make your offer, you may include some comparables with that offer that show and underscore why you feel your offer is a good one. Now, sometimes sellers can take this the wrong way. So a lot of times it's going to depend a little bit on reading the situation. But if a seller is at least open to market information and if you can frame it in a way so that the seller understands, well, you know, even if you were willing to go up a little higher, the bank may not agree because if you're going to be having an appraisal, then that's going to be part of the picture too. So an appraiser would have to agree at that higher price as well. So you can consult with your agent as you write the offer as far as the best way to frame your offer and some of the supporting information. Depending on how you see it, you might want to include some additional information that is basically objective. And as long as the comparables are truly comparable, sometimes that can make a, a big difference and get your offer accepted. One other part of the information that you'll want to be providing with your offer is to back it up with a pre-approval letter. Now, there's lots of discussion between the differences of a pre-approval letter and a pre-qualification letter. Let's just say that the better and the stronger that you can make your letter from your lender, the better your position will be in the eyes of the seller. A pre-approval letter will usually have more involved with it. For example, there will usually be a credit check 
oftentimes a verification of employment, verification of deposit, those types of things. And so it just has a stronger standing in the eyes of both the seller and the seller's realtor who is likely to be advising and perhaps even making a phone call on behalf of the seller to confirm that information in your lender letter. Home buyer tactic number three in our five winning home buyer tactics for any market is the escalator clause. If you're in a very competitive home buying situation and you have a pretty good feeling that there are going to be multiple offers, one way to both stand out and also enhance your odds of success is by using what's sometimes known as an escalator clause. Now, using this scenario, your offer is made, and then in the offer, you agree to beat any other offer up to a certain dollar figure. Now, there's a limit put on that, uh, and usually there's an increment. So, for instance, you might agree to pay $1,000 or $2,500 over the second best or the other best offer. And so, there are different elements that can be put in that escalator clause addendum, but if it's accepted... Usually what happens is proof of that second best offer is needed in order to confirm the appropriate purchase price. And so that difference in dollars that you as a buyer would agree to pay, say $1,000 or $2,500 over the second best offer, once you confirm that second offer as far as being uh, second best, then that would bump your offer that is accepted up to that higher level. This approach has the advantage of virtually beating most other offers unless someone comes in extremely high or unless there are other escalator clause type offers. So it's not a perfect way to go, but it is a way to try to cinch up the likelihood that you will indeed have the best chance or a very good chance of your offer being accepted all things being equal and assuming that there aren't any hidden factors or factors you're not aware of that the seller may want that could be in a different offer. Moving on to home buyer tactic number four of our five winning home buyer tactics for any market, activate stealth mode. This approach is a little bit unscripted, but if you're a choosy home buyer or if you're seeking to buy in a unique or a certain area or neighborhood that has perhaps few homes for sale that you want, you can consider having your realtor go into stealth mode. Your realtor might knock on doors, perhaps collaborate with other agents who might have what's called a pocket listing or a listing that isn't really written up yet, but it's maybe kind of known that a, a, an agent may have somebody who's thinking about selling. These are all kind of unconventional ways, at least to a lot of agents, but they can sometimes pay off with some work and persistence and a little bit of luck. One of the advantages of stealth mode is the advantage of the element of surprise. By that, I mean, if your agent is indeed door knocking, let's say in a neighborhood that you've decided where you want to live and there aren't a whole lot of homes for sale in there, if your agent does locate a homeowner who is open to selling, there aren't likely to be a whole lot of other home buyers knocking on their door too. So this kind of restrains the extra buyers that might be competing with you. And so it gives both the buyer and the seller the luxury of some additional time. The advantage also is a little bit to the buyer because you're not having to really compete with the open market. That said, if the seller has a pretty strong opinion or a very good idea of what their property might be worth, it's, it's not likely that you're going to necessarily get a tremendous deal, although you will likely then at least get the property in the neighborhood that you'd like. 
One other example of stealth mode could include your agent researching information on a property that maybe that is listed for sale, but perhaps you're not quite sure about the seller situation. Maybe there isn't a lot of information in the multiple listing system, tax records don't show much. And so sometimes they can do some research on your behalf, find out if there's a lawsuit, maybe an estate issue, perhaps an inheritance, those kinds of things. And tax records, old listings, uh, maybe from a different multiple listing system that's not quite so close. Sometimes those will pop up. Those are all factors that can sometimes bring in some additional information. And so the more information that you and your agent are able to review, uh, the likelihood is that you'll have a clearer picture of maybe what it is that the seller wants or needs in the sale of their property. This will help you to write an offer that is probably going to have a better chance of at least seeing some degree of better acceptance. Item number five in our five winning home buyer tactics for any market, prepare for a second bite of the apple. What this means is that even though you've got an accepted offer in place, there may still be some room for tactical maneuvering. Even though there remains significant time, work, and patience, there is some additional negotiation oftentimes until the sale is officially closed. And by that, what I'm saying is, is there are issues like a home inspection and an appraisal that can sometimes throw wide open the doors of negotiation again. The second bite at the apple that I'm referring to in this tactic is that if a home inspection reveals significant issues or if the appraisal comes in low or has additional requirements, those are both areas where additional negotiation between the buyer and seller may come up. And as such, this may be an opportunity for a buyer to be able to renegotiate, at least in terms of either the sales price or the terms as far as repairs and some of the other factors involved. That about wraps up this edition of the Oregon Real Estate Podcast. Feel free to visit our website, OregonRealEstatePodcast.com for more information on this topic. And if you have any questions, Perhaps you'd like a market analysis on your property, or if you have any show suggestions, feel free to send me an email. You can send that to Roy at CertifiedRealty.com, and I'd be very happy to help you. Also, feel free to give me a call at 800-637-1950. For now, this is Roy with Certified Realty, wishing you the very best. Do you have a real estate question or perhaps an Oregon property to sell? Contact Roy today for a free consultation. Just call 800-637-1950 or send your email to roy at certifiedrealty.com. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Oregon Real Estate Podcast.